to hear what it's really like to be a voice actor. It's the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. I'm Linda Bruno, and joining me today, the lovely Alyssa Jason. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here for this. Yes, we are doing a group uh, little conference here today. Um, there's a topic that I have been wanting to discuss on the podcast for a while now and finally found the perfect person to do it. Um, because mental health is so important for actors and for what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. So I would like to welcome Anna Hindell to the show. Hi, Linda. Hi, Alyssa. It's really exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great because you mentioned you're a gestalt psychotherapist and you're right down the road from us. You're in New York City. Um, we're <laughs> on Long Island. Um, and you also practice yoga and you, you teach yoga. And so you had mentioned um, in your email that you actually had some physical ways that actors could, you know, use to try to help them ground themselves. But I guess just first off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So I'm a Gestalt psychotherapist and Iyengar yoga teacher and both of those. And so I have a private practice in New York City. And the way I work with people is a real body, mind, somatic approach. So there's different approaches. And one is really just working with your thoughts and actions. And the approach I come with is really that your body is the house of your emotion. And it's really, we're getting information all the time. And so why not start to pay attention to it, right? We're, we're often um, just identified from the neck up, you know, what am I thinking? What am I doing? But I think particularly about actors who start doing um, the movement classes and learn how to work with their bodies as these instruments. And so to know yourself really well so that, um, you can be clear about your intention, what you're trying to get across, what you're feeling, how to support yourself. All of those things are so important that our tools and ways of working, particularly with actors, that that can lead to having a better way to support yourself to do this work and to last longer. Right. Mm -hmm. I think about the amount of rejection that actors, voiceover people have to deal with on a regular basis. Yes. And how to build up the resilience, how to um, keep your eyes and intention clear on what you're doing so that you can keep moving forward, even if you get you know, 50 no's for every yes. Right. I, I find that the biggest concern I feel is that people get rejected so much to the point that it just beats them down mm -hmm. and then it affects everything. And then they either leave the business um, mm -hmm. or in general, just feel terrible, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and it's just so important to be able to figure out, I guess, find some ways or some things to help because we can't avoid rejection. You know, it's just part of our day, day to day life. It is true. And, and, you know, I think that it's very hard to have the constant rejection. And so hopefully people get a win in there. You know, you need a win sprinkled in there along the way to keep you going and to keep you optimistic. And maybe if it's not that 
paid win at the beginning, but, you know, finding the wins with, you know, other friends and creating your own things and remembering what you love and why you've chosen this path in the first place. That's great. That's great. And I think, and I think related to what you were saying, Anna, you know, uh, the rejection eventually gets stored. And I'm always speaking about this, whether you're experiencing that rejection personally or, or it's showing up in your professional life, it does get processed through the body. So it's like this catch 22 that you're processing the rejection through your body. You're processing the emotion through your body. It's being stored somewhere. And now you, you have a block in what is your total instrument as an artist. That what, what you're using to bring to these auditions yeah. has this emotional block in it. So in essence, it's affecting your ability to book those jobs because you have this block in your body now that's been placed there from the constant rejection. So it is so important. I'm so excited that um, you're dealing with it on the body level. Because these are our vessels as artists. These are our vessels. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, one of the ways, I mean, I work, there's many layers of the ways in which I work with people. And, of course, you need to build the relationship first and foremost. You know, whether an actor is going to any therapist, the relationship, all the studies come down to how that's most important versus offering a really particular technique or approach. But so once a trusting relationship is established, I think that um, I like to really start a lot of my sessions with body scans. And I do a few of these and demo a few different ways to do this on my website, um, which we can put in the show notes, AnnaHindel.com. But it's really just can take a minute, two minutes to just Feel your body from your feet progressively to the crown of the head or the crown of the head down to your feet. Or if you're walking, you can kind of bring this in any way. And this could happen to just feel, Alyssa, where you're talking about where a block might be. And I'm assuming a block is kind of we all have that weak link of where we start to collect tension or it could be you know i have the stomach ache after i got the rejection or the pain in the low back that keeps creeping up you know we all have a little weak link and instead of pathologizing it just bringing your attention to that area bringing some breath there to just start to create some space and then you get to dealing with the feelings which there's really no way around it and you know, the beauty is that feelings don't kill us, but they're just there to <laughs> digest, to feel. I often think of them like food. We have to feel the hurt of, oh, I didn't get that job and breathe into it and take care of ourselves in a way in which so that it's not stuck, shoved or pushed away or we don't act it out in anger or some other way with the people we love at home or mm. um, some kind of self-sabotage way. Do you have any suggestions for anything that maybe we could do on a daily basis just as a, a kind of like putting up that protective armor a little bit before you head out for your auditions for the day? Absolutely. I think, you know, we're not robots. We have a different living, breathing experience all the time. And I think taking that pause and checking in, you know, what's 
what am I feeling in my body? And waking yourself up to yourself, whether that's through a body scan, whether that's through a little bit of movement, I'm kind of like swaying a little bit in my seat as we talk because I'm just, you know, I think about having this vessel of your body and you have to know it really well and hopefully find that fluidity and movement in it. And if you're going, whether it's just getting up for your day and, you know, putting on your human professional costume, so to speak, <laughs> you want to uh, feel good and feel supported. And that could be a body scan that could be lying down on your back that could be lying on your belly and starting to move around and roll around. And, and then also, um, checking in with what you're feeling, but then also what message are you telling yourself? Mm. You know, how are you talking to yourself? Because what we feel in our body is going to reflect how we speak to ourselves. I'm not going to get this job. Oh, okay. And as I say that, I feel a dropping in my chest. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I could keep going in that dropping of my chest, or I could try to sit upright and roll my shoulders back a little bit and open my chest from the center to the sides, not to force it, but just to encourage a little bit of change, a little bit of that mini transformation to get myself ready for the day. And that's great. How we hold ourselves is really going to affect how we feel and the messages we tell ourselves. So you can, as you're saying, you know, as you're saying all this, I'm just thinking specifically to our students who are voiceover actors. If you are carrying yourself like this, you're literally constricting the very instrument that we work with. Mm -hmm. Like the voice is one of the first instruments or first sounds, first pieces of the personality that gets affected by emotion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, how, as you're saying this, if you open and you're just standing there, you're just, your instrument's going to be freer as well. Mm -hmm. It seems so simple, but it is simple oh, to do, yeah. but to remember <laughs> to do it is the other, the other part of it. I know that I, you know, after doing this for so many years, and Anna, it's been like 30 years of auditioning. Mm. I'm exhausted. You know, it's like the motivation, my motivation that I had, and maybe it's because I've done a lot of work, I've got clients and everything, but there's some mornings I get up and I'm like, I, oh my God, I don't want to do this today. You know, because it feels like this never ending sometimes, um, you know, cycle of audition, don't hear anything, audition, don't hear anything. And then I wind up getting my affirmations from clients that will reach out or I'll get booked off my demo. But that whole auditioning process is really a mental, mm. mental drain. And it happens, you know, a lot of our students that are now regularly auditioning, that they come back to us to talk about it, they're in a tough spot, you know. And and I try to, you know, what I do, and like you were talking about the the statements that you say, I watch what I say to myself because – it's very easy to go down that road of like, I stink. I'm, you know, <laughs> nobody likes me. I'm, I'm too old or I'm out of date or whatever. I'm not following the trends. But to be able to reaffirm and say, nope, 
stop, be quiet. We're going to start talking positively and we're going to start reflecting and thinking about all the things that we we do do well uh, to get us going. But it is difficult. It's really difficult. And, you know, there, you can think of it as creating new habits and then and then really kind of working those habits because it's interesting, even Linda, as I saw you, because we have video for the listeners that, you know, you said, oh, I wake up and I, you kind of leaned over and your shoulders <laughs> went forward and your chest went back and you said, I'm just no good today. And it was like, even in that moment, you made yourself smaller. And then you oh, said, wow. okay. And then you sat up straight and said, oh, I got to remember how I talk to myself. So I really work with these principles of awareness first, and then it's what we do with the awareness. So you might start to know that voice that, you know, calling it the self-sabotage voice. And in Gestalt, we, we, we might put that voice in the chair. And this is a real experiment that we'll do in the room. So, all right, be that, we'll call the voice the critic. And then you speak from that voice. And usually there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement, yet it's turned back on yourself. <laughs> and then I have people switch and be, and you'd be Linda. Okay, how do you feel about that voice talking to you? And then you get your opportunity and you get this dialogue going. And what usually reveals itself is the need underneath that critic and what's that need there and we all have a different story mm -hmm. and that's something really interesting to investigate to look at because we all do it we all talk down to ourselves and have that critical voice that we all started for some reason at some point it was perhaps helpful Maybe we thought it was motivating or we thought it was going to get us off our butts and get us to go memorize those lines. And but then when these voices become chronic, habitual, mm. out of context and out of awareness, it's a real problem. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got the job. Oh, but there's that critic again. What's up with that? You know, so I really start to work with people of like, wait, wait what's going on? What's the need? Why is that voice coming up now? Mm -hmm. And what what is happening in the present moment? So I work with a lot of presence and I'm and and that's a high pressured place for actors, right? The yeah. present. That's where we're working. That's where you're working. And that's a place, you know, it's where it's at, but it's also there's a lot at stake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, let's see. So awareness, presence, what to do with the presence. And then also I think for actors, it's really important to get in touch with that core principle of why you're doing what you do. I was just going to say, Anna, because I'll share this with with the, the audience and, and on this call because it's appropriate. For me, therapy has always been part of my journey, yeah. not only as a human being, but also as an artist to explore emotion and feelings only serves me because I can be more compassionate to the roles and act, you know, other other humans that I'm going to have to be embodying in some way. Yeah. 
So for me in my early acting life, um, just that question you just asked, why am I doing this? Through therapy, I came to the realization that it was for validation. It was for love I never had somewhere else in my life. And therefore, I had set the stakes too high. My whole life depended and my whole success depended on receiving this love, right? Mm. So it was almost like a self, you know, it was like a prophecy I created. Of course, if I didn't believe I was worthy of it, I would never get to that place I thought I would receive all of it. And you don't realize that you have these programs running inside of all of this when you're getting the rejections, when you're not showing up for your auditions, when you're not putting the time in, when you're not doing all of your practices, there could be this subconscious program that's not allowing you to. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I think that you know, I'm giving all of these ways in which I work with actors and and these different tools and and approaches that could be useful. But sometimes, you know, thinking about therapy as a journey and as a space to discharge and process the process you're going through as an actor living that life, it's such a hustle. I can't even imagine that therapy can just be that 50 minutes a week to just let go, be yourself and metabolize all of those feelings and and digest them so that it can, it can also serve as a grounding while the rest of life can feel a little bit out of your control. Yeah. Do you find anything, any common element amongst the actors that you do work with um, that they bring you any types of, you know, just the most common thing that you mm. see. I know everybody's um, unique and different, but yeah, right. Um, well, I'm going to say the obvious: a lot of attention to how they look, and a lot of attention to, you know, kind of this. It's it's such a little trap, isn't it? Because there's ideas <laughs> around what you want to look like and what's beautiful and what would be quote and I'm doing my air quotes better. <laughs> but then you walk into an audition and they want a different look. Yeah. So you know, I've seen I've seen extremes of that where people then get on a cycle of doing a bunch of things to manipulate the way their body looks in this service Uh, of trying to fit into a role versus that going in and kind of mining the, the gems that you have inside. And I, I don't want to say one is better or worse or, you know, we all have our journey and we all have to figure out what we need to support ourselves. And I think that that if, if you can find that whatever that reason is that keeps you going, I'm going to, you know, that that's going to allow for mm-hmm. more resiliency. That's going to keep your, you, you waking up. And when the rejection comes in, um, you remind you yourself of to this. that place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can go back to that grounding place. 
How do you how do you feel about social media? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like what about it? I'm, you know, well, for the vo- in the voiceover world, the communities, it's all the thing. Everybody has to have their own social media yeah. channels, right? But then they get on there. And they brag, I just booked this, they just booked that. And the thing is, the majority of their followers are other actors. And so it just leads to that Mm -hmm. feeling of, oh, God, they booked that. I I know that. I remember I, I, I used to joke that, you know, Facebook has sort of had its heyday. But I used to joke like eight or nine years ago, you know, Facebook keeps me in business because people like (laughs) do the whole compare despair Yes. You know, I go online, I'm trying to like put myself out there, but I'm seeing this other per this snapshot of another person doing their thing and I'm comparing myself and then putting myself into despair. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be hard, you know. I think if that, I could get off social media, I would. Yeah. Honestly. I think that social media can if you're working it to serve as a strategic getting yourself out there and it's challenging yourself that way, or you have a real vision, I think that it's good to be really clear about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then try to leave the rest and not get caught up in it because it's not, I think of it, if, if you're doing it for marketing, it's another tool, Mm -hmm. but if you're, I think what ends up happening is people start kind of hanging around on social media when they don't know what else, you know, I need a little brain break and I need Mm -hmm. to just kind of, I don't quite want to do something, but I don't, you know, Um, and then they just see how seemingly fabulous everyone else is and it just brings them down. And I think that particularly with actors, it's like where I, what I said before of like, You got to sprinkle in those wins and you got to kind of actor or not. We want to keep moving toward where things are warm and things are open and things are welcoming. And if when you look at social media, you're just going, oh, God, everyone, you know, that's easy to just tear yourself down. Then it might be. Let me try to market myself a different way. Let me try to see, be creative and that's, have old school, my, yeah, old yeah. school human contact. <laughs> that's always what my advice is also when I have actors that, you know, are, are talking about social media and I'm always like, well, let's reframe it. How do you use this tool? If you're using it for just posting your wins or if you're just using it for self-promotion, then you're going to fall into that trap. But if you actually look at it as well, I can actually use this same very tool to create content in which I'm expressing my actor or expressing my artist in whatever way and use it as an active creative tool versus this Mm. passive tool. Um, Because it is, it can be a form of expression if you use it actively versus passively. And I think most of us, because our brains have become so wired to doom scroll and scroll and just fill time, we've become so passive with it that we feel like the only time we have something to share is if we got some sort of validation and then we share it. Right. Instead of like actually creating that validation for ourselves by making a really cool video, do a monologue, record it. 
It's interesting. I think about that. So most of the social media you're seeing in your community of actors is people that are just announcing their their wins, their wins. Mm-hmm. especially in the voiceover community mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and they right, also in right. in the platforms and the communities. And a lot of it, I'm just such a skeptic. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm on the verge of making seven figures. I'm like, why mm-hmm. would you talk about that? Why would you even put that out there? If you're doing it, good for you. That's great. But you know what? Everyone else is reading this and feeling like crap, you know, and thinking mm-hmm. they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that really drives me crazy. I just, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, we're all about reality. <laughs> Everything's reality based with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk about the difficulties and talk about the reality of becoming mm-hmm. an actor or voice actor, because it's very, very hard as opposed to attaching this glamour. There's a glamorous aspect mm-hmm. added to being a voice actor, yeah. which doesn't exist. It just really doesn't exist. But um, yeah, I just it, I find it so unhealthy mentally. Mm. You know, it makes me think about the long game. And, you know, how if, when when someone, an actor, you know, would come in my office, it's like some of those really important questions of let's get in touch with what why you're doing this and what do you love about this and why I think acting and some of the arts are fields where if you have to do it, do it. And that about wraps it up just for today because we have part two coming for you next week because there's always just so much great information being exchanged that we couldn't put it in just one podcast. So next week, join us for our second half of our podcast with Anna Hindell, Gestalt Therapist, to talk further about your mental health, my mental health, and what we can do about it as voice actors. See you then. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.